Hey, this is Liz, and you're listening to the South CAC Syndicate Podcast. Episode 8. You got it right this time. I know, it seems like we've done so many of these, but it's really 8. Wait till we get to like 80 or 800. Yeah, 58. You'll have to... That'll be like a, a year's worth of podcast. 58? Yeah. Well, a year and some change. Yeah, which we might double up some. Like two podcasts a week? Maybe. If the content is uh, is relevant. Yeah, if we don't run out of stuff. No, so um, today, episode eight. Let's see, last week we had uh, Rabbit used cars on, which uh, I've gotten a lot of feedback on. What a funny guy. Oh, yeah. What Listen, a funny guy. I was editing that after the fact, still laughing. <laughs> I, I, I listened to it cooking breakfast like a couple of days later, and uh, I mean, I'm just cracking up. Yeah, he's just a, that was a funny episode. Uh, had some good, uh, valuable content though a little bit. Yeah, that yeah, was different. It was a different episode for sure. Yeah, so one of the gold nuggets from last episode was uh, celebrate your wins and have your buddies celebrate I, your wins. I think that could probably be a nugget in every episode. Oh yeah, you know, what? hang on to the guys that celebrate your wins. That's right. That's right. So today, episode eight, we've got uh, a great friend of mine, and Mr. James Myers. Welcome to South CAC Syndicate Podcast, James. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me on episode number eight. There you so go. once you know, it's, I'm there from the beginning when nobody's listening. That's right. And then once you get to eighty, they'll have to come back, you know, for the good stuff. Yeah. Or when we have you back on, You're like re- on twenty eight, we can say, "Oh, go watch eight. I, like I have any kind of insight worth two podcasts for. Hey, Let's get serious. Look at us. He, he just said, when nobody's listening now. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have you to know. Uh, we have over a thousand downloads per episode. We have a Russia listener. We do have the guy or girl in Russia. That's right. I'm asking you to hit us up. Russia. Nothing yet. Still. You know what's going to happen? People are going to start emailing us. Just saying they're from Russia. Well, you're going to have to take a picture of a Russian newspaper for that day. Oh, there you go. A proof of life, so to speak. We're, we're making it difficult. I'll just take whatever you give me. <laughs> and we will send you something from the States, from this room that we are recording in the yeah. studio in Wahala, South Carolina. So Russia hit us up. Bottle of Four Roses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we'll send a bottle of American we'll, bourbon. We'll trade for some vodka. No, we might. We might come up with somebody. Something like that. So James... Uh, is a, as a friend of mine, like I said, he's uh, some of you that live locally would know some of his Airbnbs on Highway 28. He is the first in Oconee County that I'm aware of to turn shipping containers into full-on stackable Airbnbs. I don't believe I can take credit for being the first. Okay. Um, I'm, I think I'm certainly the most visible, which is why uh, everybody thinks you're. But I did have uh, some inspiration uh, here locally. Um, cool. With some, actually, they turned out to be investors in my project later. But I believe they deserve credit for being the first. That I cool. Know so they they got stackable shipping container Airbnbs as well. No, I, th- I, I think I'm the only them. one. Yeah, they had they had a. Oh, a, I got a you. I'm the, He's the first one yeah. to turn the container home into, into an Airbnb into a short term. So they made a container home. Got. Yeah, they made they made one just not quite as uh, elaborate. Gotcha. So cool. we'll, we'll get into that. That's how some of you guys would know James. Um, background. Give me a give me a broad stroke of James Myers for our listeners. <laughs> Where do I begin? <laughs> it was a cold and stormy uh, night. And <laughs> uh, well, I mean, I fast forward to uh, once upon a time I worked in the cruise industry. Um, I got a job in in luxury retail sales, promotion, marketing, that type of thing, and that kind of rolled into a whole corporate career almost mm-hmm. that uh, at one point I ended up looking at it and saying, wait, this is what I was trying to run away from when I came out mm-hmm. to cruise ships. Yeah. And uh, I decided that uh, my window of opportunity was closing for me to make my own big thing, to do my own dreams right. instead of just um, making other people rich, which I had, begot- I had become very good at doing that. But uh, or, I sell, or selling rich people other items. Exactly. It goes hand in hand. It's just taking from one and putting it in the other. That's right. That air yeah. on? Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll grab it after the first commercial gotcha. break. Yeah. But, uh, how, uh, how many years do you do the cruise thing? Uh, about 11 years. Uh, 11 years total. And then um, I, I left that and, and ended up here in Oconee County, of yeah. all places. So you were based out of Florida? Correct. Uh, born and raised in Miami. Grew up in South Florida. Um, the I was living quite nomadically for, for that decade, but uh, I would probably consider Fort Lauderdale my base uh, okay. for the last half of that 
uh, yeah. of that career. And yeah. Which is where most of those cruise ships go out of, right? Uh, Fort Lauderdale is a really big port, especially for the mega ships, like the Oasis of the Seas. The yeah, I think I've actually been on that yeah. Oasis of the Seas. Yeah, you and 7 million other people. I know, right? I know. And that's just one sailing. Huge ship, but absolutely. Yeah. You look at that thing, and it makes you wonder how on earth did people figure out how to make this float? Yeah, it looks like it's going to tip over. Yeah, two hundred twenty thousand tons. I don't how know how many people can fit on that ship. Uh, around six thousand passengers and twenty two hundred crew. Yeah, the whole inside of those ships, and I didn't realize this. The whole inside of the ship is a whole town just for the crew. They have their own nightclub. They have their own what like. When they're not working, they're partying. They're have you know they're at dinner outside of the guest. <laughs> outside, of the, it's the whole inside of the ship. You're making it very romantic. If I have some ship friends who end up listening <laughs> oh. to this, they're they're going to be they're going to be laughing. Not that. not that well, not that good. They're like, oh, he, he just called crew bar a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying they have like their own. That's what Instagram yeah. shows you or tells you, right? Yeah, we buy we buy stuff from something called the slop chest. So that's gotcha. I, I was actually just talking to some of the. It's just my personality. Like I meet somebody on the ship that works there. I'm like, tell me about how this works. And what do you like? They just disappear. Like you don't. It's like Disneyland. Yeah. yeah. It's funny because a lot of passengers, they don't understand. Where, where, where do you guys, do you guys stay on board at night? Saying, <laughs> uh, no, yes. we actually, we all get on wave runners. And <laughs> the nearest island. The questions they come up. Um, yeah, I'm you sure. Didn't, you didn't see the helicopter pad up top. Yeah. <laughs> well, now some of the entertainers fly in, right? What's it? Well, huh? Some of the, I've heard that some of the entertainers will fly in for the shows. Yeah, fly into Tampa before they get on, but is that they're what definitely it is? not onto the ship. They're they only, stay on the ship Nobody the flies time. in. They only fly out. So like when you have the, uh, an alpha situation, is it called medical emergency? Then they fly uh, out. Gotcha. And, but I've only witnessed that two or three times yeah. in, in my career. So it's, so it's cool. So you were actually on board. Yeah, usually they just die on board. So there's no need for the... <laughs> There's actually a morgue on board. <laughs> they got a coroner and everything. Yeah, they, they kind got, of. They got a doctor. Usually, a lot of South. The guy Africans, that does the, yeah. the guy that does the chocolate art. He's also the coroner. Food, food refrigeration <laughs> yeah. slash morgue. There you go. Yep. Yeah. So how many uh, how many countries have you been to uh, on the crew for part of the cruise line? Uh, I don't I don't know even total countries at this. It's something like one out of every four. Didn't keep track. World. I mean, at one point, what point do you stop yeah. keeping track? I, I'm right? with yeah. you. I always thought it was cool, though. I mean, when I went on my first cruise, I was pretty young, and I was like, man, if I'd have known about this, you know, when you're young, right out of high school or whatever, and you could experience something like that for a little while, I'm like, if I'd have known this was even a possibility, I might have, I don't know, I probably wouldn't have done it, but it sounded romantic in my head, because it's like, oh, yeah, you work three months, and then what, you're off three months or something? It it all depends on... Your position, your contract, how long you want to work, you yeah. can extend it. I mean, you can be two months, you can be 10 months. Um, what I was doing, uh, it could be anywhere from two weeks to 10 months. Gotcha. 10 months was my longest stint. I always um, thought it was interesting, too. Every person that worked on there was from a different like country or area. Like It wasn't like they recruited everybody from the same place. Oh, it's like the Navy. <laughs> it's no country, see the world though. through a port window. Yeah, <laughs> you, you don't actually see a lot of Americans. Uh, you find them in, in entertainment, maybe sometimes like um, the childcare places. Um, what would you call that? I don't have kids, so they, I don't have kids. daycare. Daycare. That's, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, typically it's it's not the way that Americans like to live, especially for that little money. Right. Um, there's not that many positions where you can earn good money. Yeah. And still have like your own cabin and everything like that. Whereas it's very communal style living, so that's why it appeals to yeah. you know countries like the Philippines that are, are very in India that are more communal uh, communal societies. Right, they are used to living together, eating together, and all that. And uh, the money they make there is much more than what they would do back home. But for Americans, it's not, not the same. Case. So yeah, really I would have done it more for the experience. Yeah. yeah, and you know the thing is when you're if you're working for three months straight, how much money are you spending? Do you, I mean, is everything free on the boat? Next to free. I mean, you're not, you're not paying for most of, most of your food and stuff like that, but um, you, you know, pay a dollar for a beer at the crew bar or something like that. Right. You know, it's, it's, it's cheap living. You don't have so, I mean, you know, you're not making a ton of money, but you're not spending a lot. So, when you get off the boat, you... Just depends. Just I mean, depends, yeah. I mean, anyway, I, I yeah. thought it'd be a cool experience. You know, I could take... Why didn't you do it? I was already older by then. I already had... Why don't you do it now? Married, I'm married and got kids, dude. I can't leave. Put the whole family on it. So I read an article literally last week about a guy who retired and decided he wanted to live out his retirement on a cruise ship. So he's been on a cruise ship for like the past three years. Yeah. 
and has, it's an average of $70,000 annually for him to live on a cruise ship. On a cruise ship. Entertainment, medical, but, yeah, it's does, all there. Does, that, yeah. sound, does that sound about accurate? Well, I mean, I know several of these people. Oh, oh really? So it is a yeah. real thing. They're, they're, the, they're, they're the guests that nobody likes because they don't spend money on anything and they come out with their own water pitcher to the thing and they fill it gotcha. in. They're not supposed to and they go back to their room and they make friends with everybody. And the thing about a cruise ship is you get on board and you see all these happy faces who are, um, you know, so excited to have you on board. What you turn that around, what they see is a dollar sign. And how much can we take from this person before they get off the ship? So if you come and you take up a bunch of someone's time without actually spending money, then you become a very annoying passenger. Right. Yeah. yeah. Mm. And I get that. I mean, it's a business, right? It's, it's. And I make that sound more cynical. There is very genuine people and who love working with guests and hospitality, but it is a, a very yeah. high pressure. I mean, listen, business. I had I, I love cruising. I'm one of those I'm one of those vacationers that I want to spend all my money up front. You tell me how much it's going to cost, but when I get there, I don't want to spend any money. Why? Because I'll tell you why. And this is and I, I know it's tell just, me why. It's just a personal thing. Because the act of spending money while I'm there kills the vacation for me not kills it but it's like i'm you know i'm counting dollars in my head whatever so you're one of those all-inclusive guys yes i don't care what it costs 15 grand for the week done i'll write the check while i'm there i ain't gotta worry about nothing see i'm the exact opposite that sounds like megan right i'm the exact opposite i don't want to do all-inclusive i want to live where the locals live i want to rent an airbnb but you can do that taco stands you can't do that yes you can yes you can because like when we go in punta cana you don't have to stay on the resort you can catch a cab and go now you have to pay for that yeah see i don't want to stay i don't want to be able to have uh, like i don't want to be in a gated community i want to nah, be, see like, i just soon be i soon be well, pampered the whole no, time we that's in, why the cruise industry is built for you it's for the people who is. want that's everything right. done for that's them right. uh everything laid out unpack once they I don't love want it. any trouble i, love I still would have hit you for ten thousand dollar piece of jewelry even though you said that before i mean i've <laughs> well and i've been and I didn't buy, I think I bought a pair of pictures. I don't even know if I bought the pictures. I think I just went and looked at and laughed at everybody else that took the pictures. Because when you get on or whatever, they take, they, the one I was on, they took your picture and then you could go in this gallery and go buy them or whatever. If the boat, if the boat sinks to the bottom of the ocean, there's they someone down there to there. take a picture yeah. so that you can buy the commemorative disaster After, photo. Kyle would be like, if that went in the package, I don't want it. That was me. And there's someone, I mean, there's someone in the costume that looks like a pirate skeleton down at the bottom. I would, I'm more than happy to pay extra for alcohol. Like at night, we'd be like, you know, bottle of wine, whatever. Like I'd pay extra for that, but I don't know. And I think too, I like structured. Like I like the idea of every night dress up, go to dinner. We sat at the same table with the same people. We had a great, I mean, and I guess it would suck if you had like Shoot crappy people. No, nah, it's dude. That's, it's that's so that fun. hearty Midwestern salt of the earth American that the cruise industry is built for. That is the majority yeah. of Americans. Just like would what prefer I, a vacation like uh, that. Nah, that's why nah. cruising is so appealing. I don't know that I prefer, but it's a lot of fun to me. Put me in the alleys. I'd of, rather eat a jean jacket. Yeah, well, that's because you worked in it though, right? Put me in the back alley Maybe of Tamarindo and like let me drink tequila where the locals. I still have tequila. never taken a single pleasure cruise that I wasn't working on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just, yeah. And although I think about it now, though, I think, oh wow, it's, it's been a long time since I've been out at sea. It'd be nice to take a cruise. Well, and if you're on the other side of that, don't you think it might be a little bit different experience? No, because he can't. I, I'm just, I'm going to speak freely here. You I won't be able to. You can't turn it, it off. Yeah, you're going to be you like, can't erase what you know. Oh, Julie, what's up? <laughs> I, <laughs> I was work going. I would definitely feel like I needed to be in the jewelry mm-hmm. store because that's that's where I spent you know 12, 12 hours a day, yeah, um, seven days a week for months at a so time. Now, I mean, back on your point, I've experienced both. So we went to, when I was younger, I went to uh, Puerto Vallarta. And we stayed like as close to town. When we would go out at night, we'd go eat at like some dirt floor taco joint where it's like only locals in there. And I experienced all that. And all that was super nice. Like it was cool. But I've also, like we went to uh, Punta Cana a couple years ago. Stayed on a resort, all inclusive, had a butler, like the whole nine. And it just, something about it allows me to enjoy myself better versus me having to figure things out and say you you live in a structured world give me the chaos that is true though that is the difference between me and you is that your world is a your world every day Mm -hmm. is not structured not structured well not only that it's not normal you're pampered 
I don't know. Pampered. Ah, uh, come on now. I don't See, know if pampered would be the right word. <clears throat> nothing ever happens. There's no growth in a state of uh, security. It's chaos that you grow. It's chaos where you. I agree with that. Things. So I agree with that. Um, Jared seeks the chaos because that's where the opportunity now, comes. That's where the learning I'll give you is. I'll give, you, is. I'll give you the other side of that, though, because I'm the same way. Like, my life is pure chaos. And if it's not, I don't feel something's wrong. But maybe that's why I like structure on vacations because, like, I can get away from that chaos for, like, a week. I don't have to think about nothing. I don't have to do anything. Like, you know, so maybe that's the difference. I don't know. I could see us take a vacation together. That would be super fun anyway. Be like, we got to be up at six o'clock. And I'm like, no, 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 I, no. It's not structured like that. Uh, not military structured. No, I'm got just it. talking about like you make a reservation somewhere, you know, to eat dinner that night. And then, I don't know. When, like, when booking a cruise, what should guests stay away from? Uh, Stay away from? Yeah, and, and I don't know. I don't want to mention cruise lines or anything like that. So if somebody's trying to sell a, an all-inclusive package to Kyle, what are some of the things that not, you don't need that? You really don't need that. I, I mean, I, I couldn't tell you. I, I've never booked a cruise. Um, I probably wouldn't myself book one of the drink packages because you really have to be you know, quite hammered all day and night to make that worthwhile, Pay especially off. if you're getting the top shelf one. And I just don't see myself drinking that much yeah. all day, even though I do enjoy, uh, you know, fine whiskey here and right. there. But uh, I, I, I probably wouldn't book that. But I mean, so different for everyone. So, I mean, there's so many different options. Yeah. Uh, so, so, for example, booking excursions through the cruise line, they're probably going to cost you a little bit more than if you booked one locally online or something. But if something happens on that tour, the ship's going to leave you. Yeah. If you book one with the cruise line, they're not going to leave you. No uh, man so left like behind. In, so it's like insurance. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it, it, make make the cruise what you want of it. Um, that's, a, that's a good point. More, more often I get the question, what is the best cruise line? And, uh, who, you know, who's the best cruise line to sail with? And it's just, well, what kind of experience you're looking Depends for? Depends on but, your age. But in general, I, I mean, the answer is very surprising to a lot of people, and I always say it's Disney. I heard that exact yeah. same thing. When I was single, well, somebody was like, you got to go on a Disney cruise. Well, and Disney has, they own their own, like, private Ports, mm. private well, islands. Everybody has their own private island, uh, you know, because cruise lines are like, for example, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity, those are the same company. Yeah. Uh, Carnival, Princess, Holland America, these are the same company, and they share private islands. Disney has their own exclusive one, but I mean, they just understand hospitality better service better than anyone that's else. what they're in the, that's yeah, what they do crazy. there's a lot of kids on board yeah but i mean like just to give you an example when you when you walk onto a disney ship and you're going to get ready to set sail there's a tunnel of crew members there and you walk up and they go ladies and gentlemen the myers family is here and then the whole they ship know. erupts into uh clapping and yeah. you walk through and it's just a magical yeah. experience from they're the really good at that anyway downside two thousand kids but and a two and a half year wait like you have to book two and a half years ahead of time in order. No, no, I wouldn't say that. I I, I was looking. We were kind of looking at him for a little bit, and it seemed like the 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 booking weight was way more than an average cruise. Yeah. I wouldn't take one Disney, but if they ask who does the best job, I'd have to. That, I'd yeah. have to say Disney. Buddy, every cruise line has their pros and cons. I had a buddy of mine said if you were single, that was the best cruise to take because there's a level just for single people. So it's the nightclubs, it's the no kids allowed zone, it's this, this, and this. I, I think Damn, it'd be kind of weird to be signing on to a Disney cruise as a <laughs> single, single dude. Yeah. Uh, For you real? walk up to that beginning and instead of the Myers family, it's, it's just like, uh, Jared here's, here's James. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't think that would fly too well with the other family. There's not going to be that many single people on there either. Like, come on, I, man. That's like me and my You'd camper van. No, like, so what I experienced, now, we don't want to talk. I've cruise, never been on a cruise. Cruise so line the whole know. time, but when we get into port, you could tell like the party boats from the family boats from the, you know, and I, I what is it? Not, is it carnival? Yeah. Yeah. Carnival's well, a, I'm a, trying to think of the one that was like cheap and cheerful. A frat party. The whole thing, the boat looked like a frat house. <laughs> it, it, it very well could have been a carnival cruise. I mean, that, that's a, probably the cruise I would take. Yeah. They, they're not necessarily the most luxurious. They don't have the best stuff going on, but you're going to have, uh, you know, more interesting things for a person like me. We'll put it what's, that way. What was, what's some other boats? Because Carnival doesn't ring a name. I'm trying to think of some other boats. I mean, there's Carnival, Hall in America, Princess, uh, Royal Caribbean, Celebrity. Those are usually the big ones. Yeah. Um, then you get like ones like Costa, which are more Mediterranean. But What's the most beautiful, amazing port y'all, y'all you've been to? Ooh. Uh, I, as far as just being jaw-droppingly stunning and beautiful, for me, probably be Santorini, the Greek Isles. 
Yeah. So yeah. my my wife wants it's on her bucket list to do Greece. Yeah. Um I mean to do the Greek Isles, definitely Santorini, Mykonos, but Santorini, I mean you go you you take uh you take your wife there, it's panty gravy for sure. Yeah. I'm what's down. the worst what's the worst port you've been to? It's oh, probably the most commercialized oh, one, I would think. You know, there, there there's a... Fort there's Lauderdale. A, <laughs> it, that's actually a port. For other people? <laughs> no, literally, like when you, like when I booked mine, it was like five ports. And I think Fort Lauderdale is well, one of them. I don't think, I don't think we can count turnaround ports. Like no. something like Whittier, Alaska is no. not a very interesting place to port to, but that's yeah. just where they leave from. But, uh, I mean, everyone, uh, when it comes to like the Caribbean islands, there's a lot of places that I would consider kind of you know, not that nice to visit, but they're all doing the best they can. I wouldn't like to come on and say this is a terrible place to go. Um, sure. I think it's all in the eye, eye of the beholder too, because some people like you talk about, you want to be in the, you want to be in the market. You want to mm-hmm. be in the, in the, mm-hmm. you know, in the, the roots of whatever the heartbeat. Of yes. The city. One, one thing that? you'll find though, wherever you go, whether it's on board the ship or somewhere they go, there's going to, there's going to be someone waiting to sell you something for sure. Yeah. It's very, well on a big ship like that. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, so let's get into that for a minute. So you did 11 years on a cruise line. Did you do um, high-end jewelry all 11 years? Uh, well, it was it was kind of luxury in general. So it was mostly jewelry, things like diamonds and, and gemstones, gold, uh, and also like Swiss watches, timepieces, that type of stuff. But depending on the port, you know, you could be, you know, promoting things like linens and, um, and alcohol and things like that. What was your average ticket sale? In a... In a like in a jewelry store or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, it, it it's depending on whether I was promoting because I started out promoting and mm-hmm. talking about the places where people could shop, um, and those are stores that uh, are paying for promotion and they give kickbacks that, back to the cruise line okay. that also trickle back to you as the promoter. Um, so that uh, those there's such a wild range because you, you have people who are buying things for fifty bucks and you have people who will drop a half a million dollars. On a diamond, on a cruise, on a they've paid for the cruise. Yeah, they're gonna buy jewelry. Yep. for half a million bucks because they feel like they're getting. Yeah, and the and the more they, they spent, they could have on- bought fifty cruises. Our, yeah, well, and I remember when I was on my cruise, there was a there was a place that was promoted that was a jewelry diamond, blue diamond. I don't know what it was, but anyway, they're like, go there, it's the best, cheapest, whatever. Yeah, I know who you're talking about for sure. My thing is, I was so afraid of like. Getting scammed? Yeah, like I mean, is this is real jewelry. Like I didn't even go in it, but well, it, it's real. Um, uh, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting world that the customer sees um, a certain experience, but behind that facade, there's a very intense, very high pressure, sometimes very unsavory uh, reality to that business. And I don't want to say it's not anything like blood diamonds or anything yeah, like yeah. that, but um, uh, a lot of times the customers don't realize how how aggressive and how strategic um, and how many different angles they're being attacked from, from a sales perspective without getting into the nuts and bolts. But that being said, there are a lot of good people out there too, who, uh, you know, they have customers who come back and see them year after year because they're like family. There's such a good experience to be had. You just have to be, you know, you have to be smart. I have like a love hate relationship with diamonds because I just feel like, because okay. you've bought so many. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't return them for what you bought them for? Yeah. <laughs> that could right be a whole other podcast. Right so anyway. You stabbed me last week, so I'm stabbing you back. <laughs> hey, it's, it, that's the way this rolls, right? So, no, I think because my thing is with diamonds, and now I guess if you equate it to like a fine whiskey or, you know, a good cigar or whatever, like something that's rare has its own character. There only be one of that particular thing. I guess I get that. But when you talk about diamonds in the way of like, oh, you want the, the nicest looking possible diamond. Well, they can artificially make something that looks better than a diamond now. It's cheaper. Mm-hmm. So if it's really about how well it looks, then why are we buying these stones that are flawed. Well, it's not even really about yeah, that. It's a, there's no intrinsic value to these things. Um, well, that, that doesn't mean that they don't have a value and a purpose that they bring to people. But uh, like, for example, someone who uh, I ha- I've had customers who say, well, why, you know, why would I want to buy this, this real diamond when I can buy this artificial one for yeah. half the price? And I said, well, you, She's you're, not you're married, right? Yeah. 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 So, you know, when you, when you, uh, 
uh, when you were going to get when you were going to propose to your wife, did you ask her whether she wanted a real diamond or a fake diamond? <laughs> yeah, I did not. <laughs> See, well, so. and I'm and I, and I guess in in the way of diamonds, when it comes to marriage, that's a different thing because unless they know, you know, you're, you're kind of who doing them. And that's not that's not okay. But the way I look at it is like just on the bare level of what you're buying, how much you're paying for it. Like, I, for instance, I went to a fundraiser one time. And they had, it was a jewelry store, whatever, that was kind of doing this promotion. They had this jar full of diamonds. They're all CZs, but one. The, the real one, was, one is in there. The I know real, someone who actually picked a real one once. but continue. Oh, really? So one's a real one. And then you basically pay your 20 bucks or whatever to be on the raffle, and they you go in and you pick out one. And then they put it in a bag, they look at it, whatever, and then they tell you if it's real or not. Well, when it comes to things like diamonds, and in full disclosure, one of the reasons why I, I left my industry is I really stopped, you know, believing in my personal belief for value of this. Right. Um, and that doesn't mean it didn't have value for other people. Yeah. I sold to people who really did have a lot of value from these. It meant a lot to them. But for me, I stopped believing in the value so much, so it made it more difficult for me to yeah. sell these items. Um, but when it comes to purchasing something like a diamond, especially if you're talking about a gift between two people... And this is something that I would do in my sales trainings later on when I became a trainer and, and a coach and all of that stuff, is helping people understand that when a couple comes to the store and they buy, let's say, a, a, a diamond ring, they're not shopping for something, they're not buying something flashy and valuable or prestigious. What they're buying is a bridge from where they are now to where they want to be emotionally. Yeah. They're buying a bridge. It's to a there. symbol. It's a sim- yeah. more of a symbol than what a- you're talking about, especially when it comes to like a cruise. You've got two people who they've lived together for 40 years. He reads the paper in the morning. She makes the toast and scratches off the burn part. They have their coffee and yeah. it's, there's nothing exciting. So what do they do? They take a cruise to shake up their life, to feel some excitement. Yeah, yeah. They buy this piece of jewelry it's, and it's, 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 a, it's a bridge from where they are now to where they want to right. be emotionally. And that's the value that it brings. And, and that I, is value. I agree with that. I agree with that that statement, along with the engagement ring. It's yeah. kind of the same thing, right? It means something, regardless of what the stone Yeah, but is it's, worth it's not an investment. Yeah. You know, some salespeople are going to tell you where well, you're investing in your future when you buy this. No, yeah, this, yeah. Is, this is a, purely and simple. This is an emotional purchase, yeah. and it's one, it's it's a gesture. Now, a timepiece might be a little different, though. That could be an investment, Maybe. right? Yeah, if you got the right, if you got the right kind, and you hold it long enough. Well, sure. and I guess it, it it determines or it matters where that timepiece goes. This is like everything else, real estate. Mm-hmm. You know, certain parts of the market mm-hmm. excel, some parts, you know, do better than others. Timepieces would be the same way. If you happen to buy the right timepiece, and then it's time comes, then it's going to be worth more. Versus if you buy something that. And there's just a handful of companies I can think of on the time people. It's all Patek Philippe. Of the top 10 watches ever sold at auction, they're all Patek Philippe except for one Rolex. Yeah. Well, I will tell you this, though. You say that. The watch game is a really big game, and I don't know that much about it, but there are a ton of really nice timepieces that have its own collector following. Now, when you're talking about top dollar, which is what you're talking about, right? Uh you say top ten, they're all the they're, same. It's it's when it comes to uh, when it comes to like Swiss watchmaking, it's all about the the prestige of the house that makes it, whether they make their own movements in house, that type of thing, right? So that I mean, but yes, but typically that those are. See, the I try not to go down that road because I love watches. What watch you wearing right now? Nothing. I've got this is this is this is the this is the thing. Well, obviously, I, I'm confused I, because I don't. I even if I had if I had a whole collection of watches. Like, and I had a, co- a collection, right? Which I don't. I still wouldn't wear one here. Like, it's one of those deals where it's game time. It's a game time watch for me. It's like, you break it out when it's like game time. I have two watches. One's like a QQ. Yeah. And uh, it's a work watch. I can get yeah. dirty and get whatever. And then I got my tag. Yeah. And it's one or the other. So, well, you've seen my watches. I like them big uh, and blangy. You and rolled blangy. up to Lake House like Flavor Flav on your wrist. Yes. You're like, what time is. Out, That's man. what, but now it, I, it's me. I would much rather break those out, kind of like we talked about last week with the Jerry Rice thing and like yeah. being being tight for the game. Yep. To me, that's what a watch does. Pour myself a little yeah, more bourbon here. Absolutely. What are you drinking? What are you pouring there? A little four roses uh, from the guest from the uh, guest, guest shelf. The guest, guest reserve. Shelf. Much yeah. appreciated. Yeah. I've got You're some right. Blantons I need to bring and stick over there for you. Yeah. So uh, when I told Kyle I wanted to bring you on, one of the things we were going to talk about was the art of sales, right? So 
to have that much time in the industry. Um, the industry found value in you enough to bring you on for corporate training, um, some video work. Yeah, I mean, like, there were- like you know, just about every angle of sales and in this particular industry, uh, there is. But sales is not limited to industry. Yeah. Is what I love about sales. But hold on, let's take a break, and we'll come back and talk about. So sales. we'll talk about the art of sales right after this. Are you looking for the perfect vacation spot for your next adventure? Whether it's hiking beautiful waterfalls, mountain biking Stumphouse Park, wake surfing on Lake Kiwi, or jamming at your favorite concert, Megan Ketterman with Oconee Hospitality has beautiful homes available for short-term rental in Oconee County, South Carolina. Contact Megan today to book your next vacation stay at www.oconeehospitality.com. Are you looking to make Lake Huey your destination? Work with local licensed expert, Rhea Land Smith, your certified resort and second home specialist at Lake Huey Real Estate. Servicing buyers and sellers since 2013, Rhea is your local expert helping you navigate the real estate waters of Kiwi. Let Rhea make your life a vacation. Call 864-710-9547. And remember, Land is her middle name. Okay, we're back with James Myers. James, again, I want to thank you for taking the time out to be here with us. Uh, trust me, I have absolutely nothing else to do. I'm retired. <laughs> Perfect. I see. I love I, being here. I see. I see this being a recurring, recurring guest for sure. Because I don't think we're going to get into everything yeah. in this episode. Keep keep this four roses around. I'll hey. be back. Yeah. Well, we know it's vice. We'll do. Yeah. Listen, I love some bourbon and whiskey. If it wasn't today, when you return. I'll bring a couple. We can drink some of Jared's. And we should we'll polish drink. the bottle beforehand we'll and drink. see what kind of product. We'll drink some <laughs> whiskey. Sure. So we left uh, before the break talking about the art of sales. So I want to get into some of this. I don't want to make a sales training, but what is uh, if somebody is in sales now, what is your number one advice to them? Uh, I, I would say to to understand the importance that emotions play in the sales process and being able to incorporate that into your into your selling, yeah. uh, to be able to create those emotions, to be able to help uh, help your customer, whatever it is you're selling, to visualize that ownership, to understand the emotional benefit. And I think a lot of salespeople, like you know, you talk about features and benefits, right? Sales 101, we know that you can't just throw out a feature without a benefit. That's just wasted words to say that right. you know this this house has three bedrooms, right? What's the benefit? Oh, well, now you can have three bedrooms for your kids. That, but we have to get deeper and deeper with our benefits until we hit what I call emotional gold. Yeah. Keep digging until you hit emotional gold. It's the breaking point. Yeah, well, it's, it's the point where now you've triggered something. You've touched the right nerve in your customer. Right. And um, so, for example, uh, Diet Coke. You got a can of Diet Coke. What is the feature of Diet Coke? That's the question. Zero calories. Zero calories. So what's the benefit of zero calories? You lose weight. You lose weight. So uh, we, of supposed it's zero, it's let's, zero let's, calories. Let's That's say it does. Let's say what it does. It does what it does, yeah. right? So the idea is okay, you can you can drink this soda and you're not gonna you're not gonna gain weight. It it somehow plays a part into your weight fitness loss. goals, yeah. right? But we have to keep that, that that's not that's not at the level yet. We need to keep digging until we go further. So Yes, though, it's zero calories. You're not going to gain weight when you drink it, which means it's going to help you get to a place where you look in the mirror and you you love the body that you have. Gotcha. You got to hit that And then you got to go even further. Why are you drinking Diet Coke? So you can, it doesn't have any calories. You're going to be able to look in the mirror and love the body you have. And when you go to that Christmas office party, that bitch Becky is going to be so pissed and your ex John is going to eat his heart out. That's right. So you sold, yeah, you sold them at that point. You have to keep digging. That's a good, listen, that's great because I would have never thought that far. Well, it's yeah. like all the beer commercials. And I think in the late 80s, it was the prime. If you were in a bikini and had a beer, you yeah. would need, if you drank that beer, you'd get that girl in the bikini. Yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. You got to sell the, you got to sell them the, the end product that yeah. they're looking for. You're right. She's looking to make her ex, John, eat his heart out when he sees her at that company. So don't sell her on all these, you know, zero calorie. Don't, don't make her do the work. Sell her the end product. Don't say, here's a book with 27 ways that are going to help you to kick your cigarette habit. Stop smoking now. That was one of the most successful, like online ebook campaigns ever. Simple. Stop smoking now. Sell the end result, right? So, yeah. But so uh, how do we need to sell the podcast? We need some bikinis and. 
And listen now. Listen, <laughs> listen, listen now. Listen now. And then uh, have in the background have some. In, no, that's the, that's late eighties. You got to keep digging till you till you find that emotional gold. Like for example, if you're a realtor, what do you sell? Real estate. Yeah, live here now. Do you sell? Do do you sell houses or do you sell homes? No, you sell s- homes. You, no, you sell the better quality of life. You sell memories. A, a, a house. Yeah. A house is not. Three bedrooms, two bathrooms with a two-car garage. Yeah, that just makes it... With, with a place that, you know... That just makes it yeah. acceptable. Well, what, what, what you're really selling as a realtor is you're selling a place where your kids will grow up on that swing in the backyard, where right. you're flipping steaks on the grill in the summer, where you cuddle up right. at night on the couch and watch Netflix and eat popcorn, where you grow old together on the My front porch, hand it. in hand. That's what you're selling yeah, as a realtor. You're, right. you're not selling a house. You're selling a home. So do you use that, Understand. Use that philosophy on your Airbnbs? Uh, well, I do create the fantasy. Yeah. Um, that's Listen, on Airbnb especially, the fantasy is important. Well, it, it, well, at least the formula that I've found for me, and I'm no expert on Airbnb. I think I've gotten lucky in a lot of ways. Um, but the formula that I see is either you can be at the destination and offer a competitive place to stay that's pretty nice, yeah. or you can be a destination in itself where people come for that experience. Yeah. See, and I think mine falls into that category. I'm with you on the second. Because me and my wife have looked at either one works, but that's I do agree. You can just have a place to stay, but what is super exciting to me is the destination. And I think partly because you can create a destination anywhere. You know, if you happen to have a view or if you happen to have some water, those are great destinations. You bet. Well, if you go if you go to my listing, there's a reason why the first picture that you see is the bathroom with the big window and the in the tub and a glass of wine. And a candle. It's the destination. It's, I'm creating the fantasy. Yeah. What I'm allowing the person looking at that listening to do is picture themselves there. Mm-hmm. And visualization is halfway to ownership. For That's our, why f- when you, if you go to, um, if you go to a, an art auction and they whip out this painting and they start talking, you'll notice a good art auctioneer will say questions like, where do you imagine where you would hang this in your house? Yeah. Where would you put something like this? All there, of a sudden they're seeing it above their fireplace. Yeah. That's halfway to ownership. It's called mental ownership. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So where so for those listening and watching, where can they find your Airbnb? On Airbnb.com. Like a, like what kind of like look at they search for? <laughs> Good luck, have fun trying to find it. I mean, just search container home. Uh, if you search in Walhalla with open dates, it's usually the the first couple of uh, listings that pop up. Okay, after ours, yeah, cool. After I don't, yours, I don't after want to be this a plug for my place, but uh, they're not hard to find. That's for sure. Yeah, I uh, want you to plug your place. You're spending time with us. Right. Yeah. So let's talk about, we're getting back into sales. What's your, what's the best sales movie you've ever seen? And, and don't tell me Glengarry Glen Ross. Uh, it is, it's movie? It's got to be Glengarry Glen Ross. I haven't even watched it. So some of the things that Glengarry taught us was. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers. Yeah. That we I thought used, that was we, a Cardone thing. Where do you think Grant got it from? Oh, okay. All right. See, I'm learning. Grant Cardone has, has picked up a lot of stuff. Yeah. So another one would be ABC. Yeah. Always be closing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's another one? Uh, well, there's ADA, but that one usually doesn't get remembered. A-I-D-A, attention, interest, decision, action. But uh, that was just the finest eight moments of Alec Baldwin's career, for sure, yeah. hands down. Yeah. But it, I mean, I, I just love that one so much because it, it, it strikes a chord with me because of how intense and high pressure my industry was. Uh, it was basically like that same concept. First yeah. prize is a Cadillac Eldorado. Second prize, set of steak knives. Yeah. Third prize is you're fired. Yeah. Like that was pretty much the yeah, mentality. Yeah. You got to be number one or two. Yeah, and number two ain't that good. Yeah, so. but, but I don't have any leads. Yeah. Well, the leads are weak. You're weak. <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's, that's exactly so, how my industry was. So I, 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 that's very near and dear movie to my, if you haven't, uh, and you're listening, you haven't seen Glengarry Glen Ross. It is a cinematic. I need to watch that. Yeah. So Boiler Room with Vin Diesel and Giovanni Ribisi is probably my top one. I made most of my sales team Watch that movie. Take it home and watch it. Yeah. Tons of good content there. And they referenced Wall Street, who most people will tell you with um, Charlie Sheen. Yeah. The first one. Uh, most people will tell you that's the ultimate sales movie. Wall Street. Is that the one where... That's not Charlie Sheen. Who, what's the one where dudes like snorting coke out of a girl's oh, that's crack? Wolf of Wall oh, Street. okay. All right. So go ahead. <laughs> Which I wouldn't recommend. I mean, nah, it's, a, it's, it's not a sales. It's not a sales movie. It's not a sales movie uh, at all. But you know, a movie in itself mm-hmm. for sure. But uh, I think it's important to pick up training. Like you thought it was a Cardone thing. Cardone got it from somewhere else. Well, now I will tell you this. Back to my boy Cardone because I like some Cardone. Yeah, yeah. He, he's made ninety percent of his money in real estate. He just funded it initially with sales. 
So he might be the sales guy to a lot of people, but he's a real estate guy to me, man. He's oh, man, made, I remembered him in the early 2000s yeah, before he that, got see, bought money, real estate. Right, that money he made, he just rolled it over into real estate. And I think he still kind of does the sales thing, but I think you see Cardone turn into like a real estate mogul, not a sales guy. Well, for a guy who spends a million, I get this, a million dollars a month on advertising in advertising himself. How do you not become the expert in the room? For one, if you've got a million dollars a month to spend on advertising. When you own a couple hundred, hundred, well, maybe not, I'm not going to say hundred. In the billions. a lot of real estate. In the billions of dollars of real estate down in like Miami and like the super high end areas. It's hard not to be the real estate guy, even though you used to watch videos of him. And he's got to be a good closer too. He's got to be a sales guy. Well, True. Right? Perception is everything. If you have, you're right. If you own, I'm the number one sales closer in the world.com, people will assume yeah. that you're, you're the number one sales closer in the yeah. world. Um, so, that, I mean, that's a lot of him, in my opinion. I don't know. I think that's I think, where Jordan Belfort, when, when he was coming to the end, that was the last thing he tried to do. You know, he lands on the building with a helicopter yeah. and be like, hey, if you want to make the money I've gotten, what does he have? Fancy cars yeah. and pretty girls. Yeah. If you want to make it, pay $19.99 for yeah. my book. Yeah. See, and I, I agree with you on the Cardone side. Like, you know, you like perceptions, everything. If you perceive that he's the best sales, what I think's happening with him though, is he doesn't want to, he doesn't even want to be in sales necessarily in that aspect. I mean, I, I, I think he use, much about probably uses way. that business just to fund his real estate deals. And now he wants, he wants to be a real estate guy. I disagree because I think, and I love Grant, right? Yeah. Cardona's taught me a lot, taught a lot, a lot of people a lot. But he also likes to see himself. Oh yeah, well, right? listen, he doesn't have. He's to a big personality. Anything. There are right? a lot of guys out there that own as much real estate as he does. You don't even know about. You never heard of them. No, that's right. But or it, more. It's done him well, or more. Mm-hmm. But it's done him well. The way that he's played himself. I don't know. I, I have a rule where I, I don't take I don't take advice from people that I wouldn't want their results. I I, I mean, look at his life. I, it's not for me. I wouldn't even want his oh, life, yeah? so I wouldn't listen to him. You yeah. don't like his life. What What am I going to do with that? Well. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of stress. So it sounds like a lot of notoriety. Like I don't want people let's to talk like about a lot of employees. I want to be. I want to be uh, obscure. Yeah. I want to be anonymous in the woods in my van in well, a very non creepy way. Let's talk about that. that because in the break we kind of we touched on uh, what do you, what would you call it? Our goals. We kind of touched on what we're after. Some, and it was very much that for you. So let's talk about that because that's a super interesting subject to me. Me and you've talked about this all the time. You know, you talked about, I just, I just want to be, I just want to have enough. You know, me and my wife talk about this all the time. She thinks I want to be like super multi-million dollar man. And I'm like, no, that's not really me. My drive might say that, but my drive is just to try to accomplish, you know, for us to be able to do what we want. So let's talk, let's yeah. talk a little more about. I, like, I think to look at it as from a point of view of, I, I don't need that much is, is almost a little too rudimentary. It's really understanding what are your values in life? What do you want to get out of life? What actually brings you joy and value? And what does it take to get there? Yeah. And for me, I had a very, I had a wonderful career with a great company, like in my last five years yeah. or so in the industry. And I was surrounded by excellence. I was surrounded by people who were incredible mentors. Um, but I started to feel that my values weren't aligned because you know, I looked at them and I asked the question, who would I trade lives with here? All the way up to the owner of the company. Who, what, what, I want to be that guy? And you're like, yeah, no. He, he, made, he did like $350 million in sales that yeah. last year I was there. Um, but I looked at, at his life versus mine. And there's nothing wrong with his life, but lived in, you know, in New York, had many kids, had many employees to worry about, had lots of stress, was constantly worried about whether or not Wasn't people were screwing after. him over. Um, stuff like that. And it was, it looked like a very, stra- I, I wouldn't want to trade yeah. position. I had a, a wonderful time just traveling around in my camper van and, and seeing the sights and living a life yeah. of solitude. It doesn't take that much. So that's a really that. good point because I think a lot of people, especially in our day and age, they see the Instagram people, they see the whoever, right? You name it. And they think that they want that. But a lot of times they don't realize what's underneath all that. It's like the iceberg thing. It's like, you see this much? The duck. There's that much under it. That you see the you duck, the beautiful want. duck above water. You don't yes. see his feet paddling like hell to keep him up there. Yes, <laughs> and wishing that he wasn't there, mm-hmm. but he's already got himself into this. Mm-hmm. I've I've worked with, you know, really really ultra wealthy people. You know, you know probably some people that this Cardone guy would he probably gets their mail yeah. for them. Like you're talking ultra wealthy people, and I've seen all that whole spectrum from just 
you know, doing okay to multi, multi billionaires and everywhere in between. Right. And I've sold them jewelry and I've talked to them. I've gotten to know them as people. And, uh, you know, I, it, it's not the, it's not the old saying money doesn't buy happiness, but I certainly never found a correlation between the two. Yeah. I saw very happy, wealthy people and I saw very miserable, wealthy people. But at the end of the day, it seemed like the pattern that I was finding is whether or not they were living a life in line with actually, what actually what brought they, value to their life. I see and that. Were they, were they pursuing something else, whether they thought they were supposed to or whether they thought that's yeah. the ultimate ideal and not actually in line with what brings them value. And that's, that's where I saw the biggest difference. Yeah. Um, well, you probably saw like the guy that was worth 10 million was was horribly dissatisfied with his life. But the guy that could have been worth a hundred million, but he was only worth 10 million was super happy because he gave up a lot. He gave up the other $90 million to live the life he wanted, even though he was still well off, much happier guy. And that's kind of what you're talking about. Like bring your expectations down. I don't think necessarily the amount of money you make can, can determine that because you can have somebody that's super wealthy that's super happy, but that's because he gave up what he could really have done. Well, I if mean, you, what what if I told you that it wasn't it wasn't up to them? Well, not like what what I mean by that is, put Mark Cuban in Wahala, yeah, and he is going to be bored. His mind will make him money just because he has to constantly be growing, learning, and executing. Yeah. Like well, he can't. He, he can't, can't not he do. He it. doesn't know how not to. That's me. Some and people's I, values might be that I'm not going to be happy in life unless I have my own yacht and I have and I love. I, the, I love the stress of it all, and they won't be happy in it. But you better get cracking. I don't think it's living. a yacht thing. My thing is, I have a hard time being satisfied if I'm not moving. Mm-hmm. I could literally move my whole life and not make a dime, and I would be happy. Mm-hmm. But the movie that I'm after is is that game or that challenge of of business right and at some point if it you know in the past it's paid off for me in certain ways right but if it wouldn't have i would have been fine with that i would just move, i would just done the next thing like those challenges to me are fun that's what keeps me kind of you know i'll you know me and you agree on on some things as far as like just living the life you know what, how, how much do you need to do what you want to do? Making your values be aligned. Um, but I have to be moving in some way. Now, that could be like my challenge could be to see X amount of places in the United States in the next year. Yeah, well, that's I mean, not a, I mean, it's different for everybody. It could, too. No, I got to have a challenge, though, I think is what it comes down to me. For. Uh, okay. Build a business or build a portfolio of, of sites, whatever. Like it could be. I can take that. Yeah. Well, a person's got to have something to do, that's for sure. I can't just sit around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so somebody interviewed the guy from Papa John's. I think I brought this up in another podcast. He's, and he was like, what are you doing now? He's like, well, I'm learning how to type, like the correct way. And I'm like, what? Like, you don't know how to type? And he's like, not the correct way. And he's like, well, you don't need to type. Why are you doing like that? home keys and everything? He wants to constantly be learning. Yeah. Same reason I committed to get my pilot's license. Yeah. Like, I'm just going to well, do the that same reason. not that I need to. No, but it's the same reason you do everything you do. It's the same reason you go dove or pheasant hunting. It's the oh, same yeah. reason you go do cattle stuff. It's the same reason you do everything you do is because you want to broaden that horizon, learn new things. No, I love learning. No, we just got to get you on the NFTs. <laughs> and- <laughs> Wait, are you into, are you into crypto? I'm, I'm, Any education on crypto at all? I mean, I was going to look into it, but then I just kept living my life that's instead. Not that's not her That's 90% of the world I, right now. I have, another, I have another rule, and it's just my rule, yeah. because some people have done very well investing in things like this right. and in, investing in, in the stock market. I don't invest in things that I can't Don't control. understand. No. Well, oh, that, that, that too. That hey, too. Amen, brother. That's a, I'm absolutely. With you. I'm with but you. here's the thing. I know what I'm capable of and I know what my, if I can, if I invest in myself, yeah. I know I've got no one else to blame but me. You can throw, you can put money in, in the stock market. It's like, to me, that's roulette. I, I agree. There could be a scandal with the CEO and all of a sudden boom, it's out of yeah. your control. Some people do very well with it. I'm not saying don't ever do it because I know many people, yep. you know, Bobby, my brother's done very yeah, well with it. Very well. But, I, I never invest in that stuff because I found a much better return when I invest in myself. I, I agree with that 100%. 100%. It's kind of like we've talked about voting. Do you vote? I do. Because you have no control after that vote. You realize that? We've talked about it before. It's a little bit different. It is a little bit different. I'm not saying don't do it. 
Well, that's just totally different. I'm just saying, like, let me ask. You, let me ask you this, James. And, and we, I meant to ask Rabbit the same question. I know you're a little bit older than this now, but if you were 23, knowing what, what you know now, what would you tell your 23 year old self, knowing what you know now? Whew, my 23 year old self. Let me just. But here's the thing: when you go back to my 23 year old self, um, I was actually. Uh, that's when I was running my, my mother's retail store after she passed away down in the Florida Keys. So I was already in a much different world than most 23-year-olds. Right. I had employees, I had a business, I had property on the highway that I was running with my, my brother Bill. So I, I think I missed out on that 23-year-old part. Yeah. Um, but if that, even, even as educated as you were at 23, then, yeah. Yeah, if you could give yourself some advice that would like, that you feel like you could, would, level, would have leveled you up what would that have been? Uh, don't fall in love so easily all yeah. the time. It's been like 15 of them. <laughs> and that gets, that gets expensive. Diamonds. Um, We're talking diamonds again. Yeah. You know, cause I, there were so many, uh, so many turning points in my life where there was a fork in the road and it was like, do you want to go for the secure route and, yeah. you know, look for, uh, you know, t- climb that, um, Ladder that uh, that es- that life escalator that says yep. this is where you go in life. And this you're is how supposed you do it. to do. You're supposed yeah. to do this. Or the yep. fork that says f yeah. that and do you give them the finger and just keep on you know being. Do being you. you? I've yeah. always chosen that route, but yeah, True. I've always I've always been a sucker for love. And you get sidetracked a trouble. little bit. <laughs> hey, listen, we mean you in the same boat, brother. Financially, I mean, it's from that perspective. I don't know. I lost a lot of money on on that. See, my thing is keys and um, but. It's weird because you know I had a note that I when I sold that business I was owner financing that sale and I was so young and inexperienced I ended up in a second position mortgage somehow everything crashed and I ended up uh, losing out on an eight hundred thousand dollar note uh, for a lot of people that's their life yeah. but that's the end of the world yeah, yeah. Like, I thought I was set for life and um, I lost all of that but it ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me because uh-huh. if that never happened I would have never went out into the cruise industry which I've gotten far more value and experience yeah. out of that that's right. um, than well, you, I would have otherwise you wouldn't have ended up right here in Wahala, South Carolina Yeah. if you're not failing you're not learning yeah now I wouldn't that's a bad fail. I mean, not a, that's a, not a bad fail, but like 20 years ago, man, that I, would, was a I would hate to minimize my thing is with any kind of risk, right? Cause you're talking about investing a minute ago, crypto business, whatever. And you say, I don't do it because I like to invest in myself, which I a hundred percent agree with. But that's, that doesn't mean that I don't like to try to find those risky investments that have way more upside than downside. You can control the risk. There's an advantage to that. For instance, you know, if you if you were, could invest in something and it was so minimal that even if you lost everything, it wouldn't matter that much. But the upside was exponential. You might look at that and be like, "I'm all about investing back in myself." But man, that's a pretty good. That's exactly what we said uh, a few episodes ago, right? Well, if you've got a hundred thousand to lose, yeah. do it. Yeah. But that that's different than if no. you yes it is because hold on if you got a hundred thousand to lose then do it that's only like one ended because the investments I want are like if you got a couple hundred thousand to lose fine the upside on this though is six billion dollars that makes that changes it <laughs> you lose you're you're risking a hundred thousand for six billion you sound like my Korean mother who loved to gamble what, though what I <laughs> no but hold on but what I wouldn't want to invest in is a <laughs> That sounds like a gambler trying to justify. You're right. But the gene. But hold on. It oh, is. You, put the, you put the token on number four. Yeah. And if number four, then I get total time yes. to pass. Like, no. That, but hold on. It, you're right. I'm sorry. You're, I'm sorry. No, listen. Like that. You are, you're <laughs> absolutely like right. That. I'm not going to say that it's not gambling because everything is. Everything's a gamble. But what you want to do is you want to do those gambles that have more upside than downside. So, for instance, oh, absolutely. For instance if it's like put, a, put $100 on this token and you win $100, then that's not a good bet that I want to make. But it's put $100 on this and you can win. It's blackjack. 150,000 times your money, then yes, I'm down. It's Let's 30, try it. And genuinely, how many opportunities are there for that, though? Let's get serious. I, I mean, roulette, 30, 31. No, roulette, any kind of gambling in a casino, I don't advise doing because none of that <laughs> stuff works out for you. That is fun. What I'm talking about is just risk. So, for instance, let's talk crypto. For, and I'll just, this will be an easy, an easy deal. 
Um, Which my brother is very big into, so I know a little yeah. bit because he posts a lot about. So, Bobby? Uh, Bill. So, let's, let's talk crypto. So, if you could invest, say, it, now, it, it's going to take education. Like, I'm not just saying go blindly, just throw money at it, right? Educate yourself. Feel like what, you know, look into things, and you have to feel like this is an actual technology that's going to be the future, whatever that might be. Whether it's money, it's... it's uh, of, you know, contracts, whatever it is, whatever the technology you see in crypto, make sure you understand it. All right. Now say, say you can invest a thousand bucks in that and it has the chance of a thousand X. That's a pretty good bet. If you believe has the chance, but it doesn't matter. You're risking. So you're saying there's, there's, a, chance. there's a chance, but it doesn't matter. This is, I what, read you. this is what I, this is what I'm saying. Where else can you take a thousand bucks and and it could I'm a thousand you. x. I get it, and now right? we're seeing it. We're the seeing risk. It what I'm saying is the upside is way bigger than the downside. Where else can you do that? Start a business. I mean, that's that's how most it's wealthy not, people get busy, wealthy. I mean, you start a business, you put in you put in this much money, and all of a sudden you've got a thousand franchises right. around the country. But I, but I also but so and I agree with he's that. taking the hard work aspect out of it. No, though. no, I'm not even taking the hard work. I don't aspect. believe in the easy lunch. And there's another. Not, there's another. Investing rule that I, I go by, and, and you know it's not for everybody, but it's always done me well. And it's when you feel like, "Ooh, there's an opportunity here, and if I don't act quickly, I'm going to yeah. miss out." It's Something's already wrong. too late. Something's it's wrong. already yeah. too late. Yeah. Right, and I think it's still early. People are. I mean, I don't know anybody that's in crypto, but me. You have crypto. Um, Do I was you have crypto? crypto. Do you have like no? I don't, so it's still super early, and everybody talks you, about it. What did you pay for your first Bitcoin? What'd you pay for it? Seven hundred bucks. What's it worth now? The the first one or the what is twenty two thousand dollars? Yeah, it was worth sixty at one point. I don't want to turn this into a crypto conversation. No, I don't want to because my thing is I don't want to try to sell people on crypto. It'll it'll play its way. You know, we the great thing about this is we're filming it, we're recording it. We can come back and look at this one day. That's exactly right. I'm not going to try to sell people because I don't want people to put. I've had local folks talk to me about stuff and I'm like listen I don't want to tell you to do something because I don't know how it's going to end up right I don't want you to do this because it's going to come back on me you know why I didn't do your research you know why I didn't get it, get it when you were telling me that because you didn't sell me the dream I'm not going to say the dream though because <laughs> I don't do the fantasy when the dream becomes a nightmare I don't want you to come back to me that's the that's the but main thing it's not that I don't believe in crypto it's just I, I have that feeling in my in my gut that says, oh, if you don't get on board, you're going to miss yeah. out. So that's why I know it's too late for me. If it's not, yeah. it's not for everybody either. Yeah. Right. Art well, this, is this, not for everybody. Well, so you think it's too late? Well, that's just by, by applying the rule that I live by in investing. Yeah. For him personally. Yeah. So you f- personally feel like yeah. it's too if late. If I feel like, if I feel like I'm going to miss the opportunity, if I don't act quick, yeah. I, then I don't invest because I feel that that's too late. Yeah, that's not a bad thing. What is it, Warren Buffett? First come the innovators, then come the imitators, then come the idiots. And I'm not an innovator. Sometimes I imitate, but usually I'm an idiot. So, yeah, I think crypto has a weird deal because it's such newsworthy that it feels like it's late. But when you actually get down to the brass tacks of actually who is invested in, which I'm not a, listen, I'm not a Bitcoin guy anyway, but when you get down to the brass tacks of who actually owns it, there's very few. Yeah. I mean, there's 21 million Bitcoin total. There's 19 million in circulation right now. There are more millionaires. There are like 10 times more millionaires on this planet than there are Bitcoin. So if every single one of those people wanted one, they couldn't have one. What does that tell you? I mean, but but you're, it's, it's, it's not a tangible thing. It's, it's, a, it's not. It doesn't, it, like, but nothing's tangible. <laughs> Do you, no, hold on, hold on. No, seriously. I disagree. 100%. Hold, hold on. When you pay something with your credit card, do you touch that money as it flows through the card? Yeah, it's a metal Amex. No. Well, I mean, hell, if you want to do that, I got a card that spends Bitcoin. Like, yeah. it's the same thing. Exactly. Yeah, so it doesn't thing. have to be tangible, I guess is my point. Every, I mean, everybody wants a foot rub for me, but they're not going to be able to get that either. Truth. I mean, I, I don't understand. I, I, I mean, I've heard that, that, that argument for Bitcoin, but I just... I. My, my brain is too simple to calculate how that turns into an opportunity for me. Kyle's passionate about, not just passionate, he's well-educated. One, one in my circle, certainly the most educated person about it. And not that it's over my head, uh, probably more of me just, just isn't interested right now. Well, let, let me put it in different terms. Let's, let's go this route. 
So what do you, okay, if you, if, if, if Bitcoin or crypto or whatever is not, you, you don't get it. I understand you're not interested in it, whatever. What do you use to retain value right now? I was never one for retaining value. I spent pretty foolishly. <laughs> but you can't do that forever, right? You have to re, you have to retain value somehow. I am the owner of a vasectomy. I think I can be pretty <laughs> irresponsible with spending for the rest of my life. <laughs> cheers, cheers to you. <laughs> I mean, I think sometimes people give me too much credit. They think that I have like a whole plan and like I'm, I'm good with my, I'm terrible with money. Yeah. My goodness, I'm so well, I mean, bad we with were, money, but I, kn- I learned how to use other people's instead of mine and that's yeah. where I've been successful. Well, that's a good plan. Yeah. So we were talking about earlier, like you just need enough to be sustainable. You don't, tr- you're not trying to like take over the world. You just need yeah, enough to be sustainable, I, right? I, you know, it's like, I don't, I don't have to worry about, um, you know, my, my future generation and setting them up. Like retaining- well, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about you. Uh, you got another 40 years well, in you probably? If, if it's, ooh, I hope not. But uh, if it's just me, I know I can always take care of myself. Yeah. You know, there's, there's, it's never too late to get a job. It's never too late to work nine to five. I can always go back to that. He's really good at sales. I, yeah. I'd, I'd rather, I'd rather do the things that I like and that I enjoy and live the life that I want to live now while my knees still work, while my hips still work. Right. And, and worry about the future. I've always been good at kicking the can down the road yeah. and figuring out. There and, and then uh, let this be a PSA. That is not my financial advice for you listening. <laughs> I do not advise you to do that. But it's it's always worked out for me pretty well. And I've 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 never considered what what my future investments. What are you going to do when you get old? All of those. It's the same thing. Like when people are like, well, you don't want kids. Like who's going to take yeah. care of you when you get old? Like I'm going to do it. I go. What happens when you can't do that? I'm like, you don't want to know the answer. Like, yeah, I just like you know. It's, they'll let the government take care of me. Yeah, I'll. I'll you know, I, I, I worry about those things when they come, which is not a solution for everybody, especially if you got a family and stuff like that. Right. You got to be more careful. But uh, I'm definitely not. I, I don't think about where do I retain my wealth. I, I probably stuff it in a G string on a stage. Oh. <laughs> so I mean, your Airbnb is a part of that, right? It's like a, a ways of kind of maintaining your your ways of travel or, or whatnot, right? I, I, I consider it my means to not have to go back to work for the man. And that, yeah. could, that could fall apart at any moment. Like when people say financial freedom, I, uh, to me, that's not, uh, I think the traditional definition is what, if once your, your passive income exceeds your monthly expenses, that's not what it means to me. Financial freedom means knowing that you can make money no matter what happens. Cause that could all fall apart right. tomorrow. That can all be taken You're away. Right. Anything could be taken away from you. You're Can right. you make money still? That is the only true financial freedom in my mind. And I know that I have that ability. You're right. Preach. You're right. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. The ability, the the skills is the only thing that can be taken from you. Yeah. But right That's now, right. yeah, the Airbnb thing is, is working better than I had anticipated. Okay. So, I mean, I guess back, because we kind of got off track a little bit, back to like what you originally, uh, you're like, we were talking about life and and what matters to you as far as like building a life that's that's not just about money or or whatever like let's get back to that so i mean you you've got a couple airbnbs that's that's in an effort to kind of facilitate your life currently right yeah i mean um like for example i'm really looking forward to this weather cooling down a bit yeah. right now it's it's august it's yeah. hot um I'm one of those people that gets really depressed in the summer. Uh, it's too hot to do anything that I love. So I'm looking forward to going and taking like a three-day hike Got down you. the Foothills Trail. Like that's something that, I, that brings a lot of value to my life. I like to constantly be on the move. I've got the camper van, as people know around here. And yep. I've been to all 50 states. Like I like to do things like that. I like adventure. I like yeah, changing cool. the scenery. Um, the experiences are what bring value to my life. Yeah. Um, as opposed to stuff, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah, no, listen, I get it. I, I watch, you know, the conversion van. And all, you know, I watch all kinds of YouTube because I'm like, you know, these people build a schoolie and they put their family in it and they take off. And I'm like, man, that would be so cool. When does that trend end? I don't think it ever does. I think what ends, though, maybe is the popularity of it. I think there always be people that do that. I think they were doing it since the Great well, Dead started, right? Yeah, yeah the, mean, the original van lifers. Living in vans since the dead were listen, touring. The vans are awfully nice now. Like I look at some of them, a little bit just different than the micro bus. Yeah, yeah. As long as they let us keep parking places for free. Yeah. What do they call that? BLM land or something? Bureau of Land Management. Yeah. yeah. BLM National Forests are good, but you know, so is a good old Cracker Barrel. You know, comes handy in a pinch. Yeah. Well, that's true. And well, if you're if you're incognito, like. A van or, or, you know, you can Walmart anywhere. You can. I, I wouldn't park it outside of a playground. 
That, that might get you in some trouble. <laughs> no free candy. I did that accidentally once in California. Uh, you don't want to sleep in your van yeah. outside I mean, of the your playground. van, to be fair, your van is a Mercedes, right? No, no, no. That was that, that's, that's my brother's. Yeah, oh, I have the poor go. man's Sprinter, which is a Ram Promaster there chassis. You go. But yeah. there you go. Still not yeah. a cheap no. van. Yeah. yeah but well, a cool. van is a van. Well, True. Cool. Listen. Rolling right. probable cause. And I actually think that would be some experiences that I... <laughs> Sorry, that, there's was, a, that was a late funny. There's a, there's a sticker on the second step when you walk into the van. It says, beyond this step constitutes consent. <laughs> yes, yeah, don't go any further. That, that's a joke, by the way. That's, that's, that sticker's definitely not there. It really is. But. This has been fun. Yeah. This has been, look, we're get, we can't wait to have you on again. We're, we got a lot to talk about still. We're going oh, to have to. We could make this uh, go on for hours and hours, but... Uh, we appreciate your time today, James Myers. My absolute pleasure. Hey. And uh, if y'all looking for a really cool Airbnb, you can visit uh, loftsovermain.com. <laughs> and for an even cooler one, no, you're mine. Supposed, to, you're supposed to say Oconee Hospitality. Or OconeeHospitality.com. There's super cool ones. Uh, they are our sponsor. Megan offers. and uh, Or you can go to James's, and I think it is called... Uh, there's two. One is called the Valhalla Sky Suite, uh, homage Valhalla. to Valhalla. And uh, the other is the Southern Cross. So like Valhalla from like... Uh, Vikings. I was thinking like... Uh, what's his name that sang about it? Fly down over Valhalla. Oh, Tom Petty. Yeah, see? Uh, oh, that's, oh, that's, uh, that's free-falling. That's not free-falling. free-falling. Yeah. I don't think that is Valhalla. I think that, it is Valhalla. I think that's like some kind of crummy bar in California he was singing. <laughs> Maybe so, but I took it as the land of the gods. So Good enough. Um, all right. Good deal. Okay. All right, that ends episode number eight. Yeah. All right, stay tuned. If you say. Next so. week's going to be great. That's it. Thanks, James. <laughs>